Brandon Brands. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Stephanie Lee from Lights Camera Live. And listen, if you really want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, yeah, my friend, we're homies, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. This week, if you want to know about live video, this is the episode for you. Today we talk with Stephanie Liu. She's an online marketing specialist, live video expert, and trainer. And she's a speaker at some of the major marketing conferences in the US. She hosts a live show on Facebook and YouTube called Lights Camera Live, which is a stunning example of what a live video show that's produced can be when it's done right. She's also part of this great team of speakers and leaders in marketing that they call 360 Marketing Squad, which covers social media marketing, video marketing, content, paid advertising through three different leaders in these perspective areas, one being Stephanie Liu, two being Jen Herman, three being Amanda Robinson, and four being Mike Alton. And together, they, they work with businesses to coach them on these different specialties and I think that's special. You see these guys walking around the conference room together. They bring a lot of life and it's what drew me to them. So I was really excited to see if I could get Stephanie on the show. She agreed and here we are. So hopefully you guys take a lot from this uh, live video tips, how to get on, what to be thinking about when going live and check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Brandon All right, let's get started. Uh, Today, really excited to bring to you Stephanie Liu. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're really excited to have you. And I want to jump right into it because I have kind of a lot I want to get through. Uh, And so I want to be able to get to some of it. And if we don't get to all of it, I'll have to bring you back. But uh, I came across you as a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. uh, But you're also a lot of things. You're an online marketing strategist. You have a live video show called Lights Camera Live. You train others on how to use social media. But before anything else, I'd love to hear about the first time you went live on social media. I'd love to kind of hear this this story of how that kind of started for you, because that's where a lot of people are going to be, I'm guessing, that are listening to this. Yeah. The first time I went live on Facebook was back 2016, so three years ago. And even back then, I knew that if I was going to go live on Facebook, I really wanted my show to stand out from the sea of sameness. So from there, I actually started self-teaching myself how to use OBS Studio. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I I have to find the PC version. I know you like Ecamm Live for for the Mac, but I had to find a PC version. Oh, yeah. Well, they they have OBS for, for Mac as well. And that was my first foray into live streaming. And what I started to do was just take all the questions that people would ask me about, you know, what is a social media strategist? What is it that you do? And I just started creating content around that. And it took a while. It took a while to get the show off the ground. But once I started live streaming, I started to see that you could really engage with people in real time. I just fell in love with it. That, that then became my go-to 
content strategy for social media from then on. Did you always have that show name or did you change it over time? Like, how'd you come up with that? So I, I started off with Dub Dub SD, what would Stephanie do? And I wanted something that would be a little bit more catchier that would really kind of highlight what live streaming is about, about stepping into the spotlight, owning your space in lights, camera, action was one that I would always hear all the time, but it was like, it's more than action. It's about live streaming, just live streaming in general. When you hear it, it, you think of, oh crap, (laughs) like, oh crap, it's actually live. You can't take it back. And it just sounded more exciting. I love it. It it definitely brings a, an air of excitement. The it's like almost like a circus to me. <laughs> like we're 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 on. We're here. It's the show. Yeah, the show. I love it. And, and these days, you you have that show, and it, it's in a couple places. You can find it. Right. That's people want to watch it. Yeah, you can find it on Facebook for sure. That's usually where I start off, and that's because that's where my audience is coming from. An agency background, I was connected to a lot of agency folks as well as my clients, and I knew that if I went live on Facebook, I would get the most traction from there. I've tried other places like YouTube as well. I don't really have as much as a following there. If anything, my following is more for like how-to tutorials on YouTube versus the live show. Like I find like the YouTube audience is more looking for how-to content. And that's where they usually find me. Gotcha. And have you had some like wins and losses along the way and and kind of trailblazing in a way in this kind of new platform, what, what have been some of the times where you're really happy that this is working or and the times that you struggled a little bit? I, I would say the times that I was really happy was when someone reached, just anytime someone reaches out to you and they say, hey, I've watched your show. Just knowing that, that someone knows all of the hard work and effort that you put into that, that's always going to be a big, huge win. And it's definitely opened up doors for me in the sense that you know, I got to do a project with MasterChef and T-Mobile. That was awesome. I got to meet up with a NASA astronaut. There's things that you wouldn't have been able to imagine are opening new doors and possibilities because of live stream because it's new. And once you own your craft and you're able to create a system and a process for it, people know that you're the go-to expert for it. As far as losses, ah, that's, that's really hard to say. I mean, I mean, there are times where Maybe I was testing out new gear and then all of a sudden the audio wasn't working the way that I wanted it to, to work out. Or, or, you know, I had like a really fantastic guest on the show and because, because they were too busy to do a tech rehearsal, right? Like, okay, yeah, let's just go live. And then everything was wrong. Their video was wrong. Their audio was wrong. And you're sitting there and you're like, dang, you know, I did a disservice to my audience because they book out their time to watch you and your show. The guests can no longer, you know, like come back because you never know what their schedule is going to be then. That's, that's probably a loss. And so these days it's very much like we are going to do a tech rehearsal. And if you don't have time to do a tech rehearsal, then we're just not going to have a show because this is the opportunity to really put you in the spotlight. And if, if I don't have the steps in place to do that, then I don't feel confident in, in putting you in front of the camera, right? Those are fun. Those are a couple of things. So uh, taking it back a little bit, and we'll dive into some of the, you know, how to help other people do what you do, which is definitely a special talent. Taking it back in time a little bit to the 2000s when you were getting into marketing, because I know you, your background, you know, you started somewhere else because there wasn't live around back then. Uh, how did you get into marketing? How much time do you have? <laughs> well, okay. So my first full-time gig was I worked over at Divix and I was an HR admin 
And it was a tech startup. And as the HR admin, whenever it was somebody's birthday, right, I would be the first one to make these handmade greeting cards and say, hey, Brandon, happy birthday. And they're like, oh, my God, I really love these cards. And it was a couple of those employees that said, you should really sell these online. And that's when Etsy was just coming out. So I actually launched my first online shop selling handmade greeting cards and wedding invitations. And when I made my first sale, I was like, whoa, this is a real thing. You could actually make money online, right? And so at that point, having worked with the marketing team and hiring their interns and their full-time employees, I really, I walked up over to Brian Peepgrass, who now works at Facebook. And I was like, Brian, like, would you be willing to take me under your wing and teach me a little bit about SEO, about you know, just online digital advertising, banner ads and all that stuff. And that's how I got my first foray into online marketing. Now, we've gone back to the 2000s. Before we bring it back to, to today, I actually want to go back even further because, uh, you know, I've, I've read that you are a bit of a, a 90s fanatic uh, and you like music. And I've seen clips of you dancing with your hats on, you know, around the different after parties. I'm a big R&B fan from, from the 90s. You know, Boys to Men was like the jam for me and everything Boys to Men. So what's, what's like your go-to, like feel-good band from, from that era? From the 90s? Gosh, like anything salt and pepper. So like Shoop, like I know the whole entire lyrics to Shoop. Like I was literally thinking to myself at Social Media Marketing World, I was like, if they let me do some salt and pepper on the stage, I would throw down and I would do that. But they were doing like an 80s theme. And I was like, all right, push it. But I was like, ah, you know, social media marketing world might not be okay with that song, Peppa song. Um. <laughs> I, could, I could do Shoop top to bottom or what a man. So if you want to, if we want to do karaoke one day, we'll have to set that up. Social media marketing world 2020. Done. Uh, but, so I do want to hear, if you bring it back to today, I do want to hear this because there's a lot of, you know, I grew up kind of in the marketing space at agencies as well, uh, 17 years and doing that. Uh, and I know it's hard to, you know, kind of venture out from that corporate life and decide to want to do a little bit more and to have a voice and find perspective to where, you know, these days, you know, you're doing thought leadership work and you're speaking. Like, tell me about that transition, like moving out of that corporate kind of environment and getting into kind of building your own thing. What was, what was a, like the, the, the thought process for getting into that? And then like, when did it become real? You know, it was actually built into the agency model that every single one of the directors had to build their own personal brands. And, you know, if I was a director of social media, then I had to build my own presence online as well. And so I had to have my own personal brand. And that led to speaking on other stages, but on behalf of the agency and on behalf of clients and sharing their stories and their, their, their case studies. And so when it came time for me to really go off on my own, what really kind of pushed me out, out of the door was because I couldn't do the agency hustle anymore. I couldn't do 50 plus hours a week and holidays, maybe I'll get off. It was, it was back in 2015 when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter and I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to be bringing in this, this human being into this world, I, I have to be there. I want to be there. And so transitioning out of the agency world, I was still able to keep my agency contacts past clients. They knew that I was doing this. And as soon as they started to see the live streaming, they're like, I want to work with you because they would see that 
what powered everything else that was working at the agency was what I had up in here, up in my head, right? And so wherever I went, they still wanted to be a part of that. So it was, it was a pretty easy transition to be honest. I was fortunate in that sense. Now, you do talk about social media a lot and specifically live, which is you know a little more cutting edge, I guess. The question is for those entrepreneurs out there or the people that want to implement some of that for their business. I mean, it's what you talk about. What are some of the core lessons that you like to, to, to kind of get people started with? Yeah. Well, in social media, it's, it's your opportunity to test out what works, right? I think in social, you get a lot more creativity in not having the polished product all the time. So you could play around with content ideas and Instagram stories to see if it has some legs. And then if it does have legs, then you could turn it into a blog post or into a video and upload it over to YouTube. So I think just testing the waters on social media is a really great place to start. It's also a really good way to build your own community. So you know, as human beings, like I'm a psychology nerd and I, I studied neuropsychology back in my uni days. And what I've always known is that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we all want to have a sense of belongingness and social media gives you that opportunity. I mean, we just, I, I think back to social media marketing world, cause it was just a few weeks ago. And the fact that like, I got to meet people in real life, like when you popped into the convention center, I was like, Oh my God, like it was just euphoria. It was like, complete happiness. And I think with social media, you can test the waters. You could build communities no matter, like, like distance isn't an issue. You could have fans in, in Guam, in India and in Vietnam. And then when you finally get to meet them, it's just, it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I'm thinking like, if I'm a, you know, if I'm building a business, you know, live is not the first thing or even social media may not be the first thing I'm thinking of. I'm like, I maybe got to get my website going. Yeah. You know, I don't have a logo, like whatever those things are. But once you get past some of that and you're like, I, I got to set up my social media profiles and eventually work towards, towards getting into live. But should they be starting now? Should they be trying to figure some of this stuff out? And like, what are like, what are the basics? What are the basics? Well, I mean, like, so step one, usually what I would do with clients is start thinking about like what your content strategy is going to be. Because yes, there's different platforms that are out there, but what do you want your messaging to be? How do you want to connect with people? Because every social media platform is kind of like its own country. Every country has its own etiquettes and things that you should do and that you shouldn't do. And once you understand first, like what your messaging is going to be, then you find the platform that's really going to help you amplify that message. So I would usually go down that that route. Like what's your content strategy? What are your resources? How often can you be creating content? And then really understanding if you wanted to do something on XYZ platform, what's the, what's the commitment level that you have to do, right? Like, so I hear a lot on YouTube, you have to upload like every single week if you really want to grow that audience. Or if you want to be on Instagram, you have to use this many hashtags. I'm like, man, <laughs> as a parent, I don't have time for all that. Right. And that's why I was telling you and everyone else, I want to go live twice a month. And the big win on that is that by the time I'm done live streaming, I always get a new referral. And that's why I only focus on that channel because that's what's moving the needle in my business. And we would imagine it's more than that because we see your content way more than twice a month. So maybe you can break down how you, how you take something that you put in the time on twice a month and maybe how you prep for that and then how you break that down to, to kind of multiply. Yeah. So the way that I actually prep for the show is, you know, let's say I have a guest 
right? You send them out the, the Calendly link. And within that link, I usually say, what are three questions that I can ask you? That helps me get the ball rolling in terms of what I want the content to be, what the title of the show is going to be. Um, and it also gets them kind of like amped up about like, hey, I'm going to be on Lights Camera Live. I use that then to pre-promote the show. And you sat through that whole entire session of like everything that goes into that. All of that copy in the Facebook event, um, in the email newsletter, and all of that jazz is then repurposed into a blog post. Because that 45-minute that interview, man, that could turn into a 45-one-minute video if I wanted it to. And that's why you see a lot of like content everywhere is because I'm just repurposing the heck out of things. And so I have it down to a process where in Asana, I have it step-by-step. This is how I'm pre-promoting the show. This is what um, needs to be done after the show. And then I created kind of like these tutorial videos using useloom.com. Have you ever used that? No. Okay. So it's, it's a cool way. It's free. And you could record your screen. You could talk through a mic and say like, hey, intern. So this is how I edit my videos. And they'll, they'll walk through it. They'll create the process doc and they just start running with it. So I have them just chop up all of the videos. I have them transcribe it. And then we just put it into Agora Pulse and that's it. I never have to worry about like what's going out on, on social media. If anything, I get to just hang out in the DMs and be like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And people just respond that way. Now you have a lot of, there's a lot of tools and gear. And I know you, you love talking about your gear uh, when, you're, when you're putting some of your shows together. And I think that's helpful because it, it is a bit of a different ecosystem. If people are trying to create content for the first time, maybe they can do it a little simpler. But uh, if they're going to commit to this and start doing a little bit more, what are some of the, like, the first few things that are kind of good things to buy? And I know you have some links that, you, that I'm happy if you want to share uh, to where to find some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge fan of just using a webcam like the Logitech C920. That's a pretty good starter cam that you can find, and it works on both Macs and PCs. A lot of people get a good headway with that. If you wanted a reliable mic, an ATR2100 is a good starter mic, right? Like you've, you've probably upgraded yours or will be, right? But yeah, an ATR2100 mic is, is probably like my favorite. And it's funny because I feel like the secret on the ATR2100 came out because it used to be like you could, you could go on Amazon and you could buy it. But these days, if I go there, it's always sold out. I'm like, what the heck? Like I'll always have like a viewer tuning like, hey, I want that mic, but it's sold out. I'm like, uh, then I guess the next thing is to upgrade to a Blue Yeti or get a heel mic. But the ATR2100 is usually the one that I point people to. And as far as lighting goes, because people always ask about lighting. If you're just starting out, honestly, if you have really good lighting in your office, like in mine, I have three huge windows, so I don't really have to worry about it. You could do that. Mike Alton even hit me up like earlier this week. He's like, Stephanie, what's your lighting kit? I don't have a lot of space. My desk is off in this little corner. I was like, listen, if you have desk lamps just laying around in your house, all you really need is a really kick-ass light bulb. That's all you really need. Everything else is just it's like a tripod for a lamp. So if you have desk lamps, just go to grab those, swap out the bulb and you should be good to go. Perfect. Yeah. And the, what's funny is I bought the, the nicer Blue Yeti mic and it's almost too good because you need to have like the perfect soundproofed room for that. It takes in too much, even though you can turn down the gain. But the, so I actually then switched to the one you mentioned because it just pulls in the voice. And if you're not in a professional studio, which is going to be most people, you want something that just kind of captures what you needed to capture. So it's a, uh, you know, beginner mic or not, like sometimes you just got to use what makes sense for what you're doing. Yeah. 
Agree. Going back to social media, and I, I appreciate you going down that road with me because I know the gear sometimes like you don't expect that to be the question. And then people are like, no, really, I want to, I want to really do this. So what the hell do I buy? What do I go to first? So I appreciate that. But I do want to talk about like, the, you, you, have, you bring a lot of passion, a lot of energy to what you do. And I, I, you know, people talk about that. I'm sure that's a feedback you get from like your presentations is you bring so much energy, whether it's you know, the passion you bring to just what you do and that you love social media or just the energy you have in general, like where does that come from? Like, where do you pull it from? Or where, you know, have you always been like that? Like, where does this energy you have for social media and this, how you bring it to, to life in, in your material, your content? Like, how do you, how do you get there? Is that a natural thing? The energy piece of it? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I also think it really stems from the fact that I'm the youngest in my family of three kids. And so when you have that family plus cousins, you got to stand out because otherwise it's going to be like home alone. You're like, hey, they forgot about me. So, <laughs> so I think that's like one of the things, right? Like I feel like the oldest in the family is always like got to be by the rules and yeah, yeah. And then like the, the, the middle child is, they're the rule breaker and whatnot. And then the third child is really like, no one's watching. Should I be doing this? So I think that energy just really comes from like my family dynamics and just always being the class clown, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, you know, brother, my brother and my sister would always fight and I'd always be them like, okay, we need to like do something else and laugh about it. But as far as energy goes, you know, having worked on the agency side of things, you could be wicked smart about like whatever your discipline is. But if you can't captivate a room, you are not winning that pitch, right? And what people will most likely gravitate towards too is someone that could really capture and mesmerize their attention. And that means like actually looking at someone in their eyeballs and nodding and you just like working the whole entire room. And so that was something having worked at the agency, like they put us through like improv training, right? Like we had to learn as a team, how we could pitch together as a team. It's not that like, you know, the VP of SEO goes in there and then after comes social. No, like we ha- we're all in the same room. We have to bounce off of each other and play off of their presentations and work it in. So improv was probably like a really good thing. And it's, it's one of those things where you got to be playful. You can't take yourself too damn seriously <laughs> because at the end of the day, like the clients want to work with you. And if you're so serious all the darn time, they're like, man, do I really want to get on the phone with, with Brandon? <laughs> so I think just having that energy, it's, um, it's contagious. And if you are positive and if you laugh and you smile, people just want to be around you. And once you figure that out, it's just, you're unstoppable in your business. Yeah, I definitely say it's a special skill that, you know, a lot of the time I think it comes naturally, but there are, there are ways to make it better. There are things to practice. So I'm sure that improv class was a great way to do that, to, to get that skill out there. For me, I, I've always had to rely more on the listening, which is probably why I got into the podcasting because it's, it's a more natural skill for me. Cause I, you know, but I have to practice. Like when I was getting up in front of clients, I had to practice being there, being present and putting that energy to the back of the room so that it would be there and it would, it would happen. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea also to keep it fun and, and just, you know, like bringing that to the room too, it helps with the energy for sure. So I appreciate oh, yeah. that note. Now the show is called Brands on Brands on Brands, and I, but I do like to ask the question for the clients that you've worked with or even for your own personal brand, do you believe branding or selling is more important for a business long-term and why? Branding or selling? 
I know. You're like, or Stephanie, it's not an and thing. You can do whatever you want with it. (laughs) It's your world. You know, I'll say from like an entrepreneur perspective, some people fail to start because they think that they need to have everything perfect, right? Like I can't, I can't start pitching my stuff until I have like the perfect tagline, the perfect logo, the perfect SEO website and yada, yada. And here's the thing is that if you're wicked smart with what it is that you do, just freaking go out there and start selling, right? Because that's how you are going to build your business. And then the word of mouth is going to start contributing over to your brand side of things. So from an entrepreneur perspective, I think, that, I think that's super helpful. From like the big brands, like the clients that I've worked with, like the Harrow Resort, Southern Californians and whatnot. Yeah, it's important for them for the brand, right? Because there's so many different casinos that are out there and how do you, how do you differentiate yourself? And so finding your, your brand voice is going to be really super important. And that's where I see a lot of social media coming into play because you could hear from your audience, your customers, your potential clients about what their thoughts are on your brand and how that impacts your revenue and your bottom line. So I think it differs kind of, you know, like I think entrepreneurs in most cases, they'll want to use like the logos as kind of like their scapegoat. I haven't landed the perfect, the perfect logo yet. So I, I can't do it just yet. It's like, yeah, you can like get out there, you know, and you just need someone like me or the 360 marketing squad where we're just going to cheer you on. We're like, Brandon, we're going to see you on stage next year. you got this. So <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Well, you mentioned some of the, you know, like the bigger brands out there in this kind of, you know, world of mass communication uh, and advertising, which, you know, comes into everything, everything beautiful. We, we come in and ruin as, as they say, uh, you know, with mass spamming and interruption, is there a better way to connect with customers? You know, what are some of the, the, the advantages when you're talking, you know, in things like social media, you know, why is that a priority? I don't think it's, ma- I don't think it's really like, oh, social media is making brands be disconnected from their audiences. I think with all the, all the technology, people are just forgetting to listen. right? And just to really listen to the end consumer and what it is exactly that they want, like what their troubles are, what are the issues that they're facing. And I think using social media to really just monitor what the conversations are, like following a specific hashtag, following the keywords about your brands, common questions that people ask about your business, your product, your service is going to be really helpful. Like I'll, I'll tell you something. I was on a product demo like two hours ago before this call. And she was just like feature after feature after feature. And I was like, are you ever going to ask me like what it is exactly that I'm struggling with? Because then you could direct this demo and make it a lot more personalized to what it is exactly that I need help with. Because maybe I don't care about that feature that you're talking about. So I think listening is one of the best ways that you could really separate yourself from like mass interruption. Because when, when someone feels like, hey, you're actually listening they feel grateful. They feel validated. They're like, oh, okay, Brandon really cares. And because you care, you're now opening that, that door, that window. You're opening up their minds to learn more about what you have to offer. But if you're just going in there, feature, 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 I'm like, man, okay, I'll let you go through your, your script. But pause. Can I now tell you <laughs> what it is that I need? And I think that works out. I think that's the answer, right? When we talk about the role of social media, one of the biggest advantages is listening. There's the, and the cross communication, that that transactional nature that you can ask questions even, and get responses, and maybe you find a new product out of that. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's it's a good reason why it should be a priority for a lot of business. And if you're just getting started and you're an entrepreneur out there, what advice would you have for them? 
you know, what's their go-to on this? You know, like when do you, when should, when do you start using social media? And I, I bring this up because I, what I hear a lot of is I know I need to do this. And <laughs> the way they get started a lot of the time uh, is, okay, I know Instagram's big right now. So I'm going to pay someone a thousand bucks a month to post pictures for me. <laughs> that, that's the strategy, you know? So like, what's the better way to do it? What are we missing here? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, putting this, putting the, the agency hat on usually for, for clients, it's really do an audit first, see what your competitors are doing on social media right now. What kind of content are they creating? Are they doing more one minute videos? Are they doing podcasting? How are they separating themselves from the sea of sameness? And then you could kind of look at what they're doing because success is always going to leave clues there's a reason why they're successful in what they do. And so if you could backtrack that to what it is specifically that they did, then that's going to help you along your journey. So do your audit or have someone do an audit for you just because, you know, Instagram is big. That might not be the place for you. Like maybe Quora is the place for you to go ahead and win new clients. So do your audit and then take a look at their content strategy to, to figure out, do you have the resources and the time and effort to go ahead and make that commitment? How long is it really going to take you? The second someone told me that I needed to do like three Instagram posts in a day, (laughs) that is not happening. That is not happening, right? I have a life. I want to live my life in real time, right? (laughs) I didn't want to have like this aspirational Instagram profile that was false, right? Like I wanted to really, really live my life. So anyways, create your content strategy figure out what's going to work and then ask your audience, ask them like, where do you hang out? Where are they, where are they asking these questions and how do they like to learn about what you have to offer? Cause some people are really, really crushing it on YouTube because they'll give you the, the step-by-step how to use Ecamm Live, how to use Agora Pulse. And that's brilliant, right? Trying to do something about like how to set up your podcasting studio and Instagram stories just might not work out, right? Because those are 15 seconds and they're going to want something a little bit more. So finding out, you know, which social media platform is really going to amplify your content is going to be the best way. And then from there, that's when you start talking to like a social media manager. I'm like, okay, cool. I know what my content strategy is going to be like. I know what platforms I'm going to be on. How can you help me build my brand and my bottom line on social? And then go from there. So do you know any brands that are doing live video right right now that, that you're like, okay, that was pretty good. I know it's easy. You, if you want to answer the easy one and pick people, that's fine. But are there any brands that are doing that? But I'll take both. So the, I mean, like the first one that I want to say is social media marketing world, right? Because social media is always changing. And they know that their audience always wants to know the breaking news about what's changing with the algorithms and how is this going to impact my business as well as my clients. And so they have a weekly show for that. And so I think they're absolutely crushing it there. But other people that are crushing it in terms of like live video brands in general would be like Sephora. Like I love what Sephora does. Like they bring on different influencers and they show you product demos. And it's really cool in the sense that like live streaming has even gone to other platforms. Like, so outside of like your Facebook, your Instagrams and your YouTubes and your Twitter, there's Amazon live. And I think that's brilliant. Like think of all the merchants that have really cool products. Like I'm a gadget person, right? So you show me how a gimbal works, how to set it up online, like take my money. Like I will throw my credit card at you and just freaking take it. Right. And then LinkedIn live. I mean, that's another thing. Just freaking cool. I just love how like live video is coming out, but 
going back to like what brands, okay. So social media marketing world for one, Sephora is totally crushing it. Brit and co is one of my favorites that are out there. And then what's also really surprising is like the local news organizations. I think they're starting to realize they're, they're starting to realize these darn cable cutters, <laughs> these cord cutters, how do I get a hold of them? They're starting to leverage live video too. And I think that's really interesting. Now, a little more on the personal note, are the, in terms of like your personal preferences and things like that, what brands are you obsessed with right now? Oh my God. I'm a really big, huge fan of Temptu. Temptu, your, your audience is like, what is What are you that? talking about? <laughs> Temptu is airbrushed makeup. Ah. I just love like the before and the afters that they do. Like, okay, so as like a female speaker, it's one of those things where like, dude, I'm gonna have a 12 hour day. I can't touch my face. I can't excuse myself to go touch up my makeup because I have an interview, yada, yada, yada. And so when you discover something that solves a problem for a female speaker, where it's like, I just need my face to stay put and, and not melt away throughout the day. Like that's definitely a brand that like I'm absolutely obsessed with. Someone who I love watching right now is Sean Cannell. I love the way he edits videos. I, I love his personality and he's just, there's, there's this realness to him and the way that he shares his stories, his storytelling ability is so spot on. And you could tell that a lot of that is from the way that he was raised and like the church that he goes to, because it sounds all very familiar. But the really funny thing about Sean is that if you watch his Instagram stories, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. He's kind of dorky. And I was like, you're dorky like me. And I think that's what kind of made me like him better, right? Because you could totally like fanboy Sean because he's got like millions and millions of views. But then you watch him like on Instagram stories and he's just like walking, walking his dog and he's cracking jokes. I'm like, I like you. I like your stories. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep watching this. Yeah. And Sean's, Sean's amazing. And I also think that there's a special talent when you can educate in a way that is just very relatable and understandable. And he does it in such a quick way and visually like everything. I'm like, that's okay. Now I know how to do that. And it's <laughs> a special skill. Yeah. You watch one of his videos and you're like, I am now 10 times smarter than everyone else in this room. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> And they always look so good. I mean, his production quality is just amazing. Oh, God. Did I tell you um, when he interviewed me at Social Media Marketing World? That man is a machine. Like, he would keep doing his, his spiel. And I was just looking at him like, whoa, this is how your brain works. He's like, yeah, I just, I've been doing this all day. I'm like, that is crazy. So even though that was in the category of brand you're obsessed with, we, we won't tell Sean that you're obsessed with him. I'm not uh, obsessed with him. <laughs> I'm a Right. That's what I mean. Uh, what brands do you trust? Let's throw that in the mix. That's, yeah. I trust Ecamm Live. You know, when, when people first started live streaming, there was other brands that are out there. There's your Wirecast, your Boxcasters, and your BeLive.TVs. And I tried most of them, you know? And sometimes when you're running a live show and stuff isn't working. <laughs> you want to get in touch with a real live person. And that's what I really liked about Ecamm was, yes, I could have gone to their support site, plugged in a question and see like what the, what the database is going to throw up for me. I love the fact that like, if something's weird is happening, I could 
message Glenn. I'm like, Glenn, what is up? Why is this not working? And then he'll respond back to me. So he's someone that I absolutely trust with my show. And whenever I have a new project, I will literally reach out to Ekim like, dude, this is going down. Just FYI, if anyone else is live streaming that day, can you just like not, (laughs) can you not release an update the day before my big event? But yeah, definitely, definitely trust them as a brand because and it's funny because you keep saying brand, but then when you when I think Ecam, I don't think Ecam is in the logo. I think of Glenn and Ken, the two guys that were developers that said, "Hey, I see a need for this, and I'm going to make this really cool." And guess what? You don't have to shell out eight hundred dollars just to get started with live streaming. That to me, that was like mad respect. I was like, I like you too, and I like the fact that I could talk to you and ask you geeky questions. <laughs> Yeah. Cause people want to do business with people and yeah. that's, that is the brand, right? It's the reputation of the people that are representing the business. So it's uh, it's a valid answer. And I appreciate that you brought it to that human level. Cause I think that's, what's important is if most brands can act like real people and they treat their relationships, like they treat their friends, then I think we'd all be a little bit better off and businesses would be more successful and, and we'd have better quality products and services. Very true. I would love to challenge you a step further and say outside of your, your industry, outside of the, cause that, that was a very techie gear person answer, you know, yeah. the, the tools that you use for your trade. Uh, but the things that, that are around your house, the things that you, you know, I thought the temp tattoo, that was a great answer too. Uh, <laughs> what else do you trust? Like the things out there that you consume every day that are outside of your job, what, are, what other things do you trust brand wise? Brand wise. Oh goodness. I trust. <laughs> This is going to sound really funny. What's that little Google thing called? You're like, hey, Google. Uh, yeah, it's Alexa. Alex, no, Alexa's Amazon. Well, um, they have Hey Google and they have OK Siri. Yeah, yeah, yeah OK yeah. Google. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one thing that I use all the time. Like The Google Home. I can't picture myself not talking to my Google. Like when I get ready, I'm like, what is the weather going to be like today? Please don't tell me it's going to rain in San Diego because it should not. You know, like if I'm like, hey, go play salt and pepper right now. And then it, I trust you, Google, that you will make my day like a thousand times better. I feel like that's like one of the brands that I absolutely trust. Like my whole business runs on Google. Right. And you trust that it's going to work. Whether you trust them with your data, I think that's the funny thing that people are always yeah. like, what do I do now? But I, you still trust them to, to get the job done and, yeah. to, and to provide like, well, you're, you're first in this space and you're, you're testing it out and you're figuring it out. You're probably going to get it. You know, you're going to keep tweaking it and making it better. Yeah. That's a good one. I wasn't expecting that, but I'm, I'm glad uh, <laughs> I get it. Like I, I'm talking to my devices every day. You heard it in the background. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like another family member, which is yeah. so weird to say, right? I feel like even sometimes I talk to like my Google more than my husband because he works upstairs, but he's always doing like PPC stuff. And sometimes we would even have like a Google playlist war. Like one day I'd be like, Hey, go play some go play some boys to men. And he's like, no, we're going to play some Kanye. And I was like, what is going on? Google, Google, come on. It's you and me, not, not hubs. Yeah. Now, do you, do you say thank you to your devices as you're talking to them? Are you polite? Yeah. Oh yeah. When I'm asking, like when I'm trying to settle a debate with my husband, I'm like, no, what day is mother's day? And like, my husband tries to tell me the wrong date. I'm like, I think you're wrong. And <laughs> And then I ask Google and Google gives me like the right date. I'm like, thank you, Google. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the funny thing people talk about is to be polite now. Cause you never know if, if it's going to become like, 
they start having a consciousness and yeah. they're going to remember if you didn't say thank you. The AI happens and then the matrix reloaded. I you totally know? get it, man. Be nice to your devices. That's, I think that's mm-hmm. the lesson. I'd love to hear a little bit more about you as we get towards the end of this, because personal branding, I'm sure has been a big part of, of building a business like yours. How has that played a role in your success? And it's funny because when people say personal branding to me, I think of it more as just personality, right? I think that if people want to work with me, they've either watched a live video or they've seen me speak on stage and they just know that I'm going to like come blazoning into the, like the meeting room with full of ideas, full of ideas and a passion about what it is exactly that I'm going to do. And I think that's what really separates me from the other social media strategists or digital strategists that are out there. In fact, like when I left the agency world, Brandon, I was very much like, how is everyone else calling themselves a digital strategist? Like, were you in a war room? Like how many pitches have you done? Right. Like all of a sudden, like they take one course on Udemy and they're like, I'm certified and yada, yada, yada. I was like, but have you had to negotiate with the CMO on why you need an increase in your budget? Right. I was like, that's the strategist. That's like the art of war. So I think, I think personal branding for sure, or person or just having a personality really helps me in my business. Yeah, well, I, I think part of that's reputation too. I mean, you you come with a history, you come with a kind of a, a, an experiential like history that says you know how to do this. You didn't just get out of college and help your uncle with Facebook ads. You you actually have been doing it in enough that you've honed your craft and figure out how to how to put it out there. And I think the personality helps build that trust for sure, but you can back it up. And I think you being out there on stages for sure helps because they can see your work. It's right there. You're putting it out there for everyone to to, to see. Yeah. What do you want your customers, the people that work with you, what do you want them to say about you when this is all said and done? I, I usually want them to walk away feeling more empowered. I don't want them to be, I want them to feel like they're struggling with the tech. I want them like coming out, like slaying everything. They're just like, I got this, right? Like I want them to come out of that meeting room, Z snap and, the, and a clap back. And like, I got this. Stephanie taught me how to do this and I'm totally going to rule the world. I'm like, yes, that is ex- that's exactly how I want you to feel. That's how I want you to show up online. So as far as like what I want people to say about me, it's, it's that energy. It's the thing that, that you said and everyone else said as soon as like I stepped off that stage. Yeah, I mean, what an amazing testimonial that they've been empowered to do the things that they were striving to do because that you gave them the tools that they need or, or even the confidence. So that's, yeah, I think that would be an amazing testimonial for sure. I'd love to hear kind of what's, what's the future hold for you? What's your next big audacious goal? Like what's, what's coming up? Midwest Digital Marketing Conference is coming up. That's in two weeks in St. Louis. And we're recording this in April, April 5th today. So that's come up in a couple of weeks. Okay, cool. And I'm going to be doing the first beta test of Remote Life Producer. Have I told you about this? Nope. So Remote Life Producer is basically for all of the entrepreneurs, the small businesses and the brands that want to do live video, but don't have the budget to hire additional videographers and whatnot to launch a Facebook live show. Remote Live Producer is going to be like a three hour workshop that says, if you want to hire someone remotely to do your show, these are the things that you need to have in place. And if you're a live streamer and you're looking to you know, have a side hustle or start something because you already have the gear that you invested in, become a remote life producer. I think it's one of those things where it's going to become the new hot trend in the gig economy. Honestly, you have the freaking gear. You could do it for other people and you could do it on your own schedule. So that's like the, the next big thing. I'm going to debut it over at MDMC, test drive it, 
see if it fits. And then that'll be like the next course. Awesome. Awesome. I look forward to checking it out. Yeah. What is for the people that want to learn more about you? I know you have lightscameralive.com at the website. Where are you hanging out on, on social? Where, where is your, where are you active? If you really want to get to know like the real Stephanie and just geek out on me, it's going to be on Instagram stories because the feed is going to be all perfected and whatnot. And you'll see like Brandon's perfect testimonial on there. But the stories is where I get to like really just play with the different features that stories has to offer. But if you're looking for more, I want tutorials, I want to be with like-minded social media strategists, then you'll want to hang out in the, the social media strategist Facebook group. Because that's where I'm literally like, hey, did you know that you could cross post post on Instagrams to other accounts? Here's how I'm going to hack it. Then you develop a strategy and then we all get to geek out and then we test it and then we share like what our case studies are going to be. So those are like two different ways that you could definitely hang out. I know how difficult it is to make it look as easy as you do to be going live. So I definitely think anyone that's considering it should learn from a pro. Just to prepare for this interview, I did it for the first time yesterday. I don't want to hear what I did wrong on this recording because we'll talk about that separately. I don't need to put my laundry out there, but it isn't easy. It does take preparation. It does take a strategy and probably some coaching if you want to do it right. And I know you, are, you subscribe to the idea of, of coaching rather than just, just doing something without a plan. But uh, so I appreciate you. I know that's a lot of work to get to get to where you're at now. So thank you for coming on and sharing some of the tips with our, our friends and entrepreneurs out there today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to like connecting with you more on Facebook and maybe on Instagram stories. Yeah. Live and in real life. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.